a message from our sponsor, Ingram Barge Company. Calling all pilots in the Gulf region. Ingram Barge Company is offering a $5,000 sign-on bonus for pilots interested in living board positions. We offer a variety of schedules including 28 and 14, 20 and 10, and 21 and 21. Applicants must have a Master of Towing Vessels license with Inland and Western Rivers endorsements. Ingram offers a competitive benefits package and 401k with company match. Apply today at www.ingrambarge.com. Welcome back to Between the Levees. I am joined today by Brad Glenn. Now, I met this gentleman when I started in the industry in 2015 at AEP. He was in a safety role at the time. Fair number of years preceded that, though, in the industry. He's been in the industry almost, almost 20 years. He's on this year's list of 40 under 40 honorees, receiving that designation at the end of next month in Nashville. I do know his father was in the industry well before him, and we'll get into that as soon as we can here. Mr. Glenn. Thank you for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Yes, sir. Uh, where were you born, man? I was born in uh, Sykeston, Missouri, uh, but I lived in East Prairie, Missouri the first 10 years of my life. What prompted a move? Um, kind of backtrack a little bit. Um, you know, my dad being on a river captain, um, he started out on the boats. And in 94, we moved to uh, Scott City, Missouri, which is a little closer to Cape Girardeau. Uh, he came shoreside, took over operations at Lure Brothers there. Tell me about his career. Yeah, so like I said, from East Prairie, Missouri, um, dad started, I mean, he's, he retired at 40 years of Lure Brothers, but he was on the, the river for almost 50 years, if you want to think about it. He started in the early 70s. Um, he was with a Cardinal Marine, uh, started there, and then he, I think in 79, he, he got on with Lure Brothers. Um, Mom, you know, worked at the school uh, there the first few years, and then in 94, we moved to Scott City. Um, that's when, um, he, he came shoreside, she came up there and, um, new job as well. So it's kind of how it started. Did he bring you on the boat anytime growing up? <clears throat> oh yeah. So, I mean, the river's been in my blood my entire life. You know, it's, um, it's something we've, you know, I, we had a radio in the, my mom's bedroom uh, and he's passing in the river in New Matters, Missouri, in that area. We'd always try to call him on the radio and, uh, you know, we had all the captains on the river laughing and talking to us, trying to trying to get a hold of dad, especially when mom get on to us, you know, trying to holler at dad. So I um, always had that going. And the Floody 93 was a big one for me. Um, Mr. Lure let um, my dad take me out on the boat with it. He was on the jailer and they were uh, the Floody 93. He was around New Madrid, uh, shoved in. I got to go out there for a week with him. So uh, that was the first time getting on, you know, behind the sticks, wheelhouse on his lap, um, seeing what the industry is all about, going out on the barges with the, with the crew and, just uh, feeling like I'm part of it. And uh, I think ever since then, it's been my blood. Tell me more about that week on the boat. <clears> oh, <throat> well, you know, being a, well, you know, 93, I'm kind of showing my age here. I'm not, not that old, I guess. I was 10. Um, so out there, uh, you know, to me, it was just more fun than anything, just being able to sit in the wheelhouse. Um, I, I told you the other day, you know, we had a first ACPR class there about the cook. Um, I guess that's my most, my most memories came from that is because when he was working, I didn't understand at the time, but hey, I can't be in the wheelhouse while he's, you know, he's doing his thing. And uh, he sent me down there with a cook and I learned how to make pies and we'd go uh, fishing. And, uh, you know, uh, I had endless chili cheese Fritos that I wanted. And I felt like the king of the boat, if you know what I'm saying. But uh, just the whole atmosphere, the the family orientation they had on that boat and uh, with the crew and everyone accepted me in as, you know, part of their family. It just, I, I thought the work ethic and the way things go, just so neat. 
as a kid to see that, you know, it, it just really put in my mind with, Hey, when my dad's gone, he's taken care of, he's, he's got another family there that he has to work with. And, um, you know, and it's, it's, a, it's a great job to have. So it's a good impression on a 10 year old. And how many other chances did you have to get on board a vessel before you actually got into the industry? Um, there was a few here and there. I mean, uh, you know, boat christenings or if he come into town, I'd get to get on one with him, but, uh, you know, he was a live on. So it's, it's a little harder, you know, being live on to, go jump on a boat with him and ride. So, you know, when he's, when he's shoved in somewhere or if he's, uh, you know, at the, at the, the shipyard or something like that, then I was able to go with mom and the family and see him. But other than that, it was always going out to the levee and waving at him, waving at him as he passed by. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that was always part of it. Was he 28 and 28? Yes. Yeah, he was on the big boats there. What was life growing up like that a month at a time with dad? It was rough. Um, you know, my mom, she, she put out so much for us. Um, I have two older sisters. Um, she was always there for us. She worked in the school system. So while he was gone, you know, she was there for us when we're home, she's home. Um, but not having dad around, you know, when mom would get onto you, it's, you know, wait till your dad gets home and, uh, you know, then you're gonna get punished. And that's the last thing you want, you know, waiting on him to get home. But, uh, luckily for me, uh, you know, like I said, it was my first 10 years of life. So it didn't hit the, you know, the, the sports or the, you know, the, the teenage years where, you know, dads are important to me. Um, so my sisters probably hit him a little harder, but it was still rough not having around those first 10 years. When he came shoreside in 94, though, um, he was there for everything. So, you know, kind of changed things. Well, tell me about life growing up. Yeah. So, um, you know, <clears throat> just small country boy from Scott City. You know, I said two older sisters, always into sports, um, hunting, fishing. Um, it was kind of a normal life there. Um, Thought I was going to play football out of high school and uh, ended up, you know, thinking about it with my dad. I'm like, you know, do I really want to spend four more years of, you know, football in college or and hurt myself even more? Or do I want to try something different? And, uh, you know, so going from from playing sports all the time and going that route, I, I found out with Naranda Aluminum, New Madrid, Missouri, that they had a scholarship going that was uh, to be electrician. So right out of high school, you, you take this test and if you're selected, they'll pay for four years of college and you're you'll be an electrician. So I said, you know what? I think I'm gonna give that a shot. So I did. And I was the only one that passed the test. And I was given the first scholarship from Naranda Luna in Madrid, Missouri. So, you know, I went from a, a sports guy to no sports to going to be an electrician. So this is all new to me. So I went to Southeast Missouri State for two years um, doing uh, industrial technologies, computer electronics, working at the plant in the summers. And Tim, I'm gonna tell you, I absolutely hated it. I hated it. And, you know, I'm young and just didn't know what I wanted to do, but it was a start. So I took it upon myself to quit. I said, you know what? Um, this isn't for me. I'm done. So I quit, went to my dad's office one day and I said, hey, dad, I'm done. I, I'm not going to college anymore. I'm, you know, I don't like being in the plant. I want to go work on the boats. That was my mentality that it was just going to be given to me, right? Dad's been on the river all these years and he's going to say, all right, so I'm come work for me. That was, that was what I was thinking, right? Well, I was wrong. Trust me. So I was sitting there on his couch. He said, all right, get out of my office. You know, and I was like, oh, crud, I'm in trouble now. But about a week later, he called me back in. He said, come to my office, son. I sat down and he handed me a stack of bills. He goes, well, you're out of college now. You're a big boy. Here's all your bills, your truck note, everything else. As I told you, I'd help you while you're in college. But now you're on your own. You're a big boy. You find a job. And he said, you will not work for me. And that was shattering. And I just, I knew I was going to end up on the river somehow. And I was like, man, I just, I can't believe it. So I ended up getting a labor's union. And I was pouring concrete. I did that for about a year, pouring concrete, doing the uh, scaffolding, fireproofing. Um, the new photo building that was in Cape Bend built at that time around that 
time period. I did all the concrete fireproofing, um, all the curbing at the Southeast Missouri State Campus, and just really bust my butt doing concrete, trying to prove to my dad that, you know, I want to work. I'm serious. I'm, you know, college wasn't for me, and and I can hold a job. So it was hot August, and I was soaking wet, concrete all over me. I went back to dad's office, plumped down on his leather couch. I'm sure he loved that, right? And I said, I think I've proven myself. Can I please work on the river? And again, he told me, no, you'll never work for me. And he paused and he said, but I'll call Jay Lure and see if we can't figure something out and get you a start on the construction side of things. So, you know, that's where, uh, that's where my river career started. I was lucky enough to get a deckhand job on the construction side, building rock dikes. So I was on a, a dragline barge and my job was whatever that, whatever that dragline operator needed. If I needed to grease the crane, grease the winches, whatever he needed, labor intensive, um, I would do it. And that's how it all started, Tim. I mean, that's went from there to, um, you know, being an engineer's assistant with, with the construction company. After about three months of doing the decking, um, the engineer kind of caught his attention with calculations and survey guns and showing him that I could do a little more than just decking. And uh, I think it kind of made my dad mad too. I moved up pretty quick, you know, but um, yeah, that's how it all started there. Tell me about those couple of years on deck. Well, with them, it wasn't really on deck. Like I said, it was a couple of months there. Then I went to the, the surveying side of things. So I was actually the one that would go to the job before it would start, set up the, the grade for where the rock dikes are going to go, uh, set up the, uh, the, all the, the, um, the drafts with the Corps of Engineers. We get together and, and see uh, you know, what's going to be next. So, you know, like um, Randolph Bluff, Covington, Tennessee, all those dikes you see out there. Uh, we had a survey set up and, and, and topped those out. The 600,000 ton of rock in Algiers Point put that in. Uh, Toulouse, Louisiana, some dikes there that helped put in. Um, but it was really, uh, it went from decking to uh, survey gun engineering calculations, if you know what I'm saying. So, um, but yeah, went from there to, if you want to talk about decking, so how I ended up decking, how I ended up on the river, on the, the bo boat and barge side, Doing that for a couple of years, I was in New Orleans and doing a 600,000 ton rock job there at Algiers Point. And that was the first job that they were really trying to see if I had what it takes to, you know, kind of manage a job. And um, it was three months long there for a while. And, and you know, we stayed at Riverside Hotel in, in Belchase. And, uh, you know, while I was there, you know, when you travel like we did, we travel all over, you know, Texas, Tennessee, wherever, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you learn that, you know, you don't eat out all the time. You, you bring stuff with you. You cook in the parking lot. We're always frying fish or whatever. So that's, that's how, you know, we were at the hotel. We were always taking plates to the, the ladies at the front desk. And uh, one of the ladies at the front desk happens to be my wife now. Um, she was working the front desk there while she was in college to be a respiratory therapist. And at the time, you know, I wasn't really talking to her at the hotel, but ended up going out with a, a group of friends that I met there the hotel to a Molly Ringwalls concert and uh, she was there with us and uh, started talking to her and and uh, you know I talked to her for a few months and started dating and I left went back to Covington Tennessee uh, came back and uh, she already had my hotel room booked for me the same room she had uh, the magazines I read in the room Diet Dr. Pepper that I like a book series I was reading she she bought the rest of them had it in there for me so I kind of walked in, I was like, you know, this, this girl's something here, you know, so, and trust me, it wasn't long after that, I'm, uh, I'm, I find myself in Jailer's office quitting my job and moving to New Orleans with, or Belchase, rather, with, uh, with no job, and again, you know, my dad, my best friend, I owe him everything, 
he made a call to uh, Pat McDaniels. Uh, Pat McDaniels was the senior vice president of X-Time Marine uh, back then. I guess this was around 2006. Okay, so um, yeah, I started Lure Brothers 2004, so this is around 2006. And Pat told my dad, he said, you know, he can come run a crew van for me, or uh, I got a guy I can talk to that's been looking for a deckhand or fleet mate laborer um, there in, in the area. So uh, I didn't want to run a crew van. I wanted to work on the river, you know? So I said, well, I'd like to meet with his friend. So met with uh, uh, Terrence Gomez, which you've had on the show at uh, Voodoo Barbecue. It's him and Sidney Gasson, or, uh, they call him Butch. Uh, went, met at Voodoo Barbecue, that's uh, for AEP, and, uh, and they did a little interview there. And, and Terrence, a great guy, and, he, you know, I owe him everything for getting me started. But he told me, he said, well, he says, I'm impressed. You know, your work ethic, I think you'll be good here. But it's one person you have to impress to get uh, get this job, and that's uh, Sam Barrios. He's one of my best friends to this day. So that's how it all started for me. I got the job as a fleet mate there at Algiers. And so decking-wise, I decked from um, 2006 to 2011. Tell me about your tenure there. Yeah, so, you know, I had some great leadership mentors, being a deckhand, fleet mate. Um, you know, Sam, for one, just very knowledgeable in the fleets and learned a lot from him on how moorings work and the fleet works. Um, Chris Bosarge being the lead uh, deckhand out there and mate, um, he, he taught me how to deck. I owe him a lot as well. Um, but, you know, being out there, working with those boats, the crews, um, I mean, I knew – this is going to be the rest of my career. You know, they always say you wear out your first pair of work boots, you're never going to quit. And that's, that's the truth. Um, I, even today being in the office, I, I think about it. I was, man, I'd love to go back out and just deck, you know, get the stress off and, and go back on deck. But uh, learned a lot, learned to weld, um, you know, all the fittings in Algiers fleet. Uh, we put that fleet together, all the, all the buttons, cables, the fore and ass. We, you know, we had to weld the whole fleet up. So a lot of that. Um, really enjoyed it. But I guess what, you know, really triggered me was the safety that was involved with the industry. You know, you know, it wasn't just go out there, get it done um, and go home. It was go out there, do it safely and go home. That's, you know, the mindset AEP had at the time, you know, to the end. Um, and that really triggered me. So about halfway through my decking, I kind of, I found another calling. I really enjoyed safety. I really enjoyed the safety meetings. I was asking the, the, the safety people that were with AEP at the time if I could do some of the meetings at the, the, um, the office and stuff and, you know, help out. And um, that's when I decided, you know, I think I found a calling and I want to go back to school. And um, uh, Sam Barrios being the great guy he is, and AEP had a good program for, you know, going back and getting your, your education. Um, you know, he said, you know what? He said, if you want to go back and get your degree in safety, he goes, I'll help you. You do your job, you do it good. And, you know, if you have a little time on the side, you can work on your, your projects for school and get your work done and, and we'll help you get your degree. And uh, Sam was, Sam backed me 100% on that. And um, so, you know, 2006, 2011, 2011, I got my, my degree in occupational safety and health through AEP. And, um, I, you know, I couldn't be more grateful. So that was, that's, the, that's the decking period there, I guess. Well, then I met you four years after that. You were well into a safety career, uh, I guess. Run me through a day in the life of a safety guy from, and I guess from, from when you started till I met you. Well, let me, let me back you up a little bit. So 2011, when I, when I got my degree, two weeks after, right, um, I get a call from Harry Brock. And he said, I want to meet with you and talk to you about a, a job as a wash repair facility manager. And I am so confused, Tim. I'm like, man, I want to be a safety guy. 
why does this guy want to talk to him about being a facility manager? You know, and I'm still young. I, I have no idea what's going on. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, it's an opportunity to get off deck, go into management, you know, learn something new. So I met with him. He said, you know, you know, very proud of your work ethic, um, you know, finishing college. And uh, I really think you're the right guy for me. You've been working at this, this uh, dock for, you know, since 2006, you know, the wash pair facility. It's, you know, there's one there at Algiers as well. And he said, I want you to go on Myrtle Grove and be the manager of that wash pair facility. I said, Harry, it's not safety. He said, I know that, but I think your management skills are going to prosper there. And he said, I'm going to teach you along the way about budgeting and, um, you know, how to run a facility and manage people. So I took a risk. I said, okay, let's do it. And uh, so that was the first two years out of college was down in Myrtle Grove doing that by the IMT uh, facility, uh, running that wash repair facility. And I learned so much, grew up so much from being a deckhand to a management position where you're running a multi-million dollar operation. You have employees you have to take care of, the good and the bad, right? And, uh, you know, Harry, I'll tell everyone to this day, um, you know, he, he taught me so much about managing and budgeting. So, I mean, that's something that, you know, when, when you're decking, you don't think about budgets or, you know, what you need to hit, what you need to cost savings and uh, analyzing those spreadsheets. And he would take me into his office for hours and just run through them with me and show me what I need to look at and what I could do better at. And, um, and I take that with me to this day in my, in my personal finances, as well as work. I mean, it's something I'll never forget. So I owe him a lot for that, but uh, two years into it, um, I get a call again, and AAP's making some change-ups. They're uh, selling stuff, buying different things. And um, so I think that's when um, uh, Turn Services bought that facility down there, and they got rid of the Myrtle Grove Wash Fair facility and moved it across the river. I got a call from Tim Callahan asking to go into engineering. And I'm like, again, this is not safety. Like, what's going on? You know, I don't get it. Uh, what happened was that was when that, uh, that safety runner incident happened. Um, if you remember that or not, where it was over in Mobile around that barge that uh, exploded and it, had caught, it caused the boat to implode from the inside. Um, so that boat was in the shipyard and Tim wanted me to go into engineering to rebuild that boat from the ground up. Basically go through the full investigation, um, rebuild it, make it look better than the day it came out of the shipyard. I was really nervous. I'm not an engineer. I'm not a mechanic. Um, again, it's the stepping stone. And he said the same thing Harry told me was, it's for your management. We, we know you're going to manage it well. We want you to do this. So I did. You know, that was, that was the next year of my life at the Belchase Shipyard, uh, which is now uh, James Marine down there in off Engineers Road. Um, I spent a year of my life there rebuilding that boat from the ground up, videoing, uh, taking a part of the generators and putting them back together, dealing with all the lawyers and the different uh, vendors. And, uh, you know, it was a, probably the, one of the biggest learning years of my career as far as how a boat works, taking it all apart, putting it back together. Um, and then from there, I got a call during that from uh, Tom Reeves asking to go into tank barges. And uh, again, I'm like, you guys are killing me. You know, I'm, this is not safety. Uh, but we were starting a tank barge program with AEP. That's when we started building the uh, 10,000 barrel barges. And uh, so along with Matt Lagarde and a, a bunch of other people, uh, a lot smarter than me, uh, we got together and uh, started building the tank barge program and got to go up and see a, a barge built from a sheet, sheet of steel to the finished product and, and help build those uh, plans and policies and inspections and, and doing all that. And that's when uh, Jeff Kiefer came down. Jeff was over, you know, you, you remember Jeff. Um, he came down and he set me in the office and he said, Brad, he said, I don't know if you understand what we've been doing the last few years. He said, but uh, I could have put you in the safety right out of, right out of college. 
he said, but what, what good would that have done me without giving you a chance to see everything? He said, you've done A, B, and C now, and you know more about the operation than, than you would have if I'd have put you in 2011. He said, now I'm ready to ask you, would you be stage manager for the Gulf? That's how it all started, Tim. It was, uh, it was a roundabout. Um, I was very confused and frustrated, but I just went with it. You know, I said, all right, that's, that's my next step. That's my next step. Um, it was never explained to me in the beginning. It was explained to me in the end, right? So um, I was very grateful for that. Um, so th when I took over safety, it was for the facilities, uh, the vessels and the shipyard um, in the Gulf. And man, I tell you, it's, uh, it was a big adjustment. I, I wanted safety and they gave it to me. <laughs> uh, before we get into your, uh, your tenure as a safety man, I think that safety runner incident occurred before I started with AEP. Remind me, what, what happened over there? Um, I don't know all the details. I mean, fresh on my mind, it's been a while, but I know there was a barge over there that um, had some issues um, and it blew up. So our boat um, it sucked in the fumes and caused, caused it to implode. So it, you think of like something exploding. That just imagine a hurricane going through the inside of the boat. That's basically what it was like. All the glass was blown out. Um, I mean, the kitchen fridge is knocked over, all the ceiling tiles pulled down, engines, generators, just a mess. Everything just, just imagine imploded. Just imagine a hurricane going through inside of a boat. Um, that's what we were left with. So it, it was a mess for sure. I know there was some severe injury, but did we lose anybody? No, 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 we did not. Um, we had a guy that was, that was uh, hurt pretty bad and, um, you know, and he stuck with us and we, we got him back. Um, he worked with us in the officer for a long time. And, uh, thankfully, um, no one was, you know, no one was killed during that. All right. Well, stepping forward into your, your tenure as a safety guy, what was, uh, I guess a regular day if you're over, you said facilities, vessels and shipyard. Right. So you can imagine safety, um, the way we ran with AP was you were over all the injuries, investigations and, uh, trainings. And, um, there was no, uh, training department safety and training were one, right. Um, so, you know, keeping up with the trainings for the facilities, the, the inspections for the facilities, the boats, the same thing, uh, working with the port captains and operations on all the audits and uh, vessel visits, safety trainings, um, and the, the shipyard the same way. Shipyard's 1915 OSHA regulations, so they have their own set of trainings. Um, so a lot of training and then injuries and then injury investigations. Um, that, that takes up 90% of it. And the other 10% of the phone calls you get at two in the morning that my belly hurts or, uh, you know, I, I really am hurt. So, um, phone never stops ringing. And, um, uh, when you become a safety guy, it's your phone's at your side all the time. Was it as interesting and fun as you had hoped? It was even more. Um, I, I tell you what I like about the safety department and, you know, running safety is it's, it's a, you're working with everyone. Uh, that was, that was when it really opened the doors for me working with operations. So I got to work with the Denny Palmer and, and those guys in operations, the port captains, Matt Lagarde and, and uh, Sean Dozat and, uh, you know, uh, Alfred Nicky, uh, Captain Nicky, Captain Alfred, um, got to work with him. And, you know, you learn so much. Uh, Tim Callahan, same thing. You know, we had, uh, we called the situation room. We all go in a room, round table and discuss what's going on. And, um, and they, they'd value my opinion just as much as I would take theirs and let them know what I'm seeing. And they would, they would take it to heart and same back. Right. So, being able to build that group with operations and then going on in the boats. I've always said that uh, FaceTime builds culture, right? You know, the more, the more FaceTime you have on the vessels, the more culture you build with your company. And that's something I've always liked about safety and being in that role is um, 
your boss doesn't want you in the office. Yeah, you get stuck in the office a lot for, for investigations and, and reports, but when you can get on a boat, it's, it's even better because you're, you're putting a face with a name. You're spending time with those guys. Uh, what are their needs? What are their issues? How can we make it better for them? And I think that's what I enjoyed the most about the safety department was being able to go out, get on any boat, go to any facility, go to the shipyard and just talk with the different crews and meet so many people and uh, people that have, you know, given me ideas and suggestions to help make the company and the industry better. Anything else interesting or uh, especially memorable come to mind about that time before we get into the uh, ACBL transition? No, I mean, it's, you know, it's, that's basically it. It's just, it's, it's a good job meeting a lot of people working with operations. Um, you know, definitely miss that team that, you know, the, the, I still remember the situation room as Tim Callahan would call it. And, uh, uh, just working with those guys. It's just, there's nothing like it. Well, a few years after that, ACBL acquires AEP. And uh, I don't remember how long you were with us, but I know you parted away shortly thereafter. Walk me through, uh, I guess, that, that period of time. Yeah, so I was, I stayed on. So when ACBL uh, bought us out, um, my job changed. I was still in safety, but it was basically facilities. So my, my main focus was to go to all of our facilities with my OSHA background and do uh, OSHA audits. So I was doing, you know, going to Carroll, Illinois, St. Louis, wherever they needed me and doing the OSHA inspections and making sure we're in compliance with regulation. Um, so basically just dealing with facilities at that time. And I'd still help with any investigations for the boats or whatever was needed for me or, uh, or the group. But it was uh, a lot of it was facilities. And I was there about a year and a half before parted ways. So I stayed on, I guess it was, uh, probably a little up September, October, somewhere in there in 2017. Um, is when I parted ways with, with ACBL. And where'd you end up? Plimsoll, right? Well, not, not at first. So, you know, I put a lot of time in and, you know, you know, going back from 2004 to 2017, where I built myself and as much, you know, I really feel like, you know, when I work for a company, I give it my all. I've always been that way. Um, if, if, you know, you're going to allow me to work for you and you're going to give me a check to support my family, I'm going to give you everything I got. Right. That's the way I've always been. That's my mentality. And uh, I gave, you know, the industry everything I had. Even when HBO bought us, I was, yes, sir, we're going to do it your way. We'll get it done. We'll knock it out. And um, really, really, really worked hard. And we parted away in 17. I was frustrated and, you know, kind of down. And I said, you know what? The hell with it. I'm, I'm quitting the river for a year. I'm not going to do it anymore. I said, I'm just fed up. And I'm, you know, that's kind of at the point in my life. I had to figure out what I want to do or if this is really what I want to do the rest of my life. And, so um, that was the first year, um, you know, I got to hunt for a month, two months before I got another job. So, you know, it was kind of nice. I got to deer hunt for two months without worrying about taking off for work. Um, but then um, I got on at Yoten Paints in Bell Chase. Um, totally different than the river. Um, Yoten is a, a paint company owned from uh, uh, Norway. Um, and they're kind of like Sherman Williams here in the United States. It's just kind of a competition. Uh, but I did safety for them. So I was back to the, my, my, my OSHA roots doing the, uh, the safety trainings, uh, DLT hazmat um, investigations. And, you know, the good thing about working at Yoten was it was 730 in the morning to four in the afternoon. No nights, no weekends, no on call. You know, it was day shift. You got 50 people to work at the plant and the warehouse and the, the paint factory, um, you know, doing all the stuff there. So it really brought me closer to my family. Um, cause that's one thing I didn't mention, you know, with, with AP, I traveled a lot, you know, you're always on the go and, uh, but now I'm home, um, dedicated to my kids. I have three kids. Um, you know, I have, I have a boy now that's, he's fixing to be 13. 
uh, one that's eight and a little girl that's six. So uh, they take up all my all my time. And but when there, you know, being a little bit younger at that time, so this is um, 2018, right? Spending time with them, and it was great. It was a good year. Uh, but that twin, I got a phone call, and uh, I ended up meeting with uh, a year into this with um, um, Carl Gonzalez, uh, Keith Savoy, and uh, Bob Younger with uh, Plimsoll Marine. And uh, they, they asked me if I'd be interested in going back on the river. And it wasn't a quick decision. It wasn't a, you know, yeah, I'm ready to go. It was a conversation with my wife. Um, and she even told me, she goes, you know, she said, uh, as much as I love having you home, you're a different person. She said, I can tell you're not the same person you were when you were on the river. And uh, I told her, I said, well, I said, the good thing about Plimsoll is, you know, it's local. I'm not going to be doing a lot of traveling. So, you know, I'll be, yeah, I'll be back on call at night and, uh, you know, been out late some nights and meetings, et cetera. I said, but um, I'm, I'm local. So I went for it. And that's, so I was there at Plimsoll Marine. Um, I guess that was trying to get my dates. I had to be like the beginning of 2019 because that was, or it was probably the first quarter of 2019. Um, started there. So I was doing all the, you know, safety uh, with, with Bob Younger there and doing the, the boat compliance and uh, vessel audits and a uh, great group of guys. I have nothing but respect for Plimsoll Marine and their, their outfit. And uh, Carl Gonzalez, is, he'll always be uh, an idol of mine. Bob Younger, same way. Learned a lot from that guy. He, he can do a vessel audit as good as anyone else I've ever seen in the industry. Um, but I was there six months, uh, six months only. And uh, they, uh, Carl and sent me up to an AW meeting in Chicago. So I was at the AW meeting in Chicago representing Plimsoll. And uh, that's when um, I was walking through the hallway and ran, ran into Matt Lagarde. And he, he kind of looked at me weird and he had that Matt, Matt Lagarde look. And well, I love Matt. He, you know, I've worked with him for years and he knows what he wants and he, he knows how to get results. And it's just the way he is. He looked at me and said, I've got a job for you, or at least a job you need to apply for. You know, nothing's given, right? He, but, he, but he wanted to make sure I understood. I was like, Matt, I just got on a Plimsoll. I've been here six months. I'm loving what I do. I'm just getting back in the industry. Uh, and, you know, I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, my, my wife's definitely not going to go for that because I know Ingram's massive and I'll be traveling all the time again. And, uh, you know, so that was kind of the, the starting point. Um, but went home, talked to her, and, you know, I talked to Matt a little more at the meetings, naturally, about what the job was and um, with tank barges and tank barge vetting, stuff like that. And uh, went home and uh, talked over my wife, and, and she's kind of shook her head, and she goes, I knew I wouldn't hold you down very long. And uh, so I went ahead and applied for the job, and uh, luckily, you know, the interview went really well, and um, I got it. So that's how it all transitioned from AEP to ACBL to a year off to Plimsoll to now with Ingram. And what's the, what's the job now? What's the day job? What are you doing every day? Oh, so, um, still, still, so I'm part of the safety compliance team, uh, but my main focus is tank barge quality assurance, vetting and compliance. So the SIRE program with all our tank barges, um, I work day to day with the liquids department naturally. Um, the, the SIRE program with all of our barges, uh, which now we have boats that are getting sired as well. Um, our Houston fleet boats as well. So I'm over the SIRE program. Vetting is a big part of my job with uh, the third-party vendors. Basically, any company that touches our tank barges that will push one, um, we we vet them to assure they're in compliance with them, and, and you know, and they their safety standards are as high as ours. Um, reviewing their investigation, even the small things like their investigation process. So, if something were to occur, I know, and our company knows that they are sound. They have a good program, and they can get to the bottom of it to assure reoccurrence doesn't occur. Right. 
Um, and it also builds those relationships to where um, being a, a third party vendor, um, they know your expectations, right? So um, that's a big part of my job. Uh, still do uh, uh, first aid CPR, as you know, you're in my class uh, Tuesday there. Good for two years there, Tim. Um, doing that. And, and then I, I still help when needed with safety compliance. Um, I help with the ISACE uh, when they have incidents, if they need me to. Um, I'm not one to say no. Um, I, I love I love doing training. I know uh, Sandra does a great job with the training department and has asked me to help sometimes with the tank barge inspection uh, program. Uh, that's that's another part of my job of the tank barge inspections and uh, building that program and the tank policies and and training these guys on that is a big thing. So Sanders allowed me to be a part of that with her uh, her lead man trainings and the Siemens Church captains meetings um, and all that. So that's that's a nutshell, I guess. The without the busy work in the background of all the other parts, that's that's the main focus. Well, I look forward to seeing whatever happens for you in the coming years. Uh, hopefully, I'll be there to, to to watch it. But is there anything else you care to share for the industry, for the Mariner, for your family, any, any anybody? <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, I love this industry, Tim. Um, I've been, like I said, 19 years, going on 20. Um, I can't see myself doing anything else. And I think, you know, if there's one message I could give, I could care less if anyone remembers my name. I, I when I retire, I don't care if they say, "Oh, Brad Lenny was a good guy in the industry." Um, my main focus is to make a difference in the industry. Um, I, you know, when I retire, I want to know that I've made it better. And, you know, I think if everyone kind of had that attitude, uh, you know, be a little better the next day, as they say, you've heard that expression, be the coffee bean. Uh, you know, you put a, a bean of coffee in, or you put a bean in a uh, pot of boiling water, it's no longer water, it's coffee, right? You've changed the atmosphere. Uh, so if everyone just be coffee beans and, you know, um, try to make it better. I think, I think we can all make an impact and build the culture of this entire industry. But um, no, man, that's, I'm just glad you had me on today. That's really cool. Well, thank you for your time, man. Have a good all weekend. Right, <laughs> you too, bud. Talk to you soon. This has been a production of Where You At Studios, LLC.